Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the Haven, which is in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. I'm here with uh, my trusty assistant, uh, Abhay Das Brahmachari, who's doing great, by the way. He just cooked the best kitri I ever had in my whole life. So I'm quite alive and well. Uh, we hope that you are all safe and sound and well yourselves and happy um, by this reading of Srimad Bhagavatam together. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam in the most wonderful way. It goes like this. Oh, <clears throat> Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kali Dwandoditaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Premavarshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Shri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Shri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Mannistadagamadvagya my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chochata kada hanamunchakadachin mam premnarit kantayokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Alright, <clears throat> we've reached the 26th chapter of the third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, the fundamental principles of material nature. Uh, Kapila Dev is expounding on the Sankhya philosophy, explaining the details of the creation of the universe. 
of the material world, of the material energy, and of the material universe. We're starting with text 33. <clears throat> Persons who are learned and who have true knowledge define sound as that which conveys the idea of an object, indicates the presence of a speaker screened from our view, and constitutes the subtle form of ether. Purport. It is very clear herein that as soon as we speak of hearing, there must be a speaker. Without a speaker, there is no question of hearing. Therefore, the Vedic knowledge, which is known as Shruti, or that which is received by hearing, is also called Aparusheya. Aparusheya means not spoken by any person materially created. It is stated in the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam, Tenhe Brahma Rida. The sound of Brahman, or Veda, was first impregnated into the heart of Brahma, the original learned man, Adi Kavaye. How did he become learned? Whenever there is learning, there must be a speaker and the process of hearing. But Brahma was the first created being. Who spoke to him? Since no one was there, who was the, spirit, who was the spiritual master to give knowledge? He was the only living creature. Therefore, the Vedic knowledge was imparted within his heart by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is seated within everyone as Paramatma. Vedic knowledge is understood to be spoken by the Supreme Lord, and therefore it is free from the defects of material understanding. Material understanding is defective. If we hear something from a conditioned soul, it is full of defects. All material and mundane information is tainted by illusion, error, cheating, and imperfection of the senses. Because Vedic knowledge was imparted by the Supreme Lord, who is transcendental to material creation, it is perfect. If we receive that Vedic knowledge from Brahma in disciplic succession, then we receive perfect knowledge. Every word we hear has a meaning behind it. As soon as we hear the word water, there is a substance, water, behind the word. Similarly, as soon as we hear the word God, there is a meaning to, a meaning to it. If we receive that meaning, an explanation of God from God Himself, then it is perfect. But if we speculate about the meaning of God, it is imperfect. Bhagavad Gita, which is the science of God, is spoken by the Personality of Godhead Himself. This is perfect knowledge. Mental speculators or so-called philosophers who are researching what is actually God will never understand the nature of God 
The science of God has to be understood in disciplic succession from Brahma, who was first instructed about knowledge of God by God himself. We can understand the knowledge of God by hearing Bhagavad Gita from a person authorized in the disciplic succession. When we speak of seeing, there must be form. By our sense perception, the beginning experience is the sky. Sky is the beginning of form, and from the sky, other forms emanate. The objects of knowledge and sense perception begin, therefore, from the sky. Text 34 The activities and characteristics of the ethereal element can be observed as accommodation for the room for the external and internal existences of living entities, namely the field of activities of the vital air, the senses, and the mind. Purport The mind, the senses, and the vital force or living entity have forms, although they are not visible to the naked eye. Form rests in subtle existence in the sky, and internally it is perceived as the veins within the body and the circulation of the vital air. Externally, there are invisible forms of sense objects. The production of the invisible sense objects is the external activity of the ethereal element, and the circulation of vital air and blood is its internal activity. That subtle, that, that subtle forms exist in the ether has been proved by modern science by transmission of television, by which forms or, photo, or, or photographs of one place are transmitted to another place by the action of the ether, ethereal element. That is very nicely explained here. This verse is the potential basis for great, of great scientific research work for it explains how subtle forms are generated from the ethereal, ethereal element, what their characteristics and actions are, and how the tangible elements, namely air, fire, water, and earth, are manifested from the subtle form. Mental activities or psychological actions of thinking, feeling, and willing are also activities on the platform of ethereal existence. The statement in Bhagavad Gita that the mental situation at the time of death is the basis for the next birth is also corroborated in this verse. Mental existence transforms into tangible form as soon as there is an opportunity due to contamination or development of the gross elements from subtle form. Text 35 <clears throat> From ethereal existence, which evolves from sound, the next transformation takes place under the impulse of time, and thus the subtle element touch and hence the air and sense of touch become prominent. Purport 
In due course of time, when the subtle forms are transformed into gross forms, they become the objects of touch. The objects of touch and the tactile sense also develop after this evolution of time. Sound is the first sense object to exhibit material existence. And from the perception of sound, touch perception evolves. And from touch perception, the perception of sight. That is the way of the gradual evolution of our perceived objects, of our perceptive objects, or perceivable objects. Text 36. <clears throat> Softness and hardness and cold and heat are, dis are the distinguishing attributes of touch, which is characterized as the subtle form of air. Purport. Tangibility is the proof of form. In actuality, objects are perceived in two different ways. They are either soft or hard, cold or hot, and so on. This tangible action of the tactile sense is the result of the evolution of air, which is produced from the sky. Text 37. The action of the air is exhibited in movements, mixing, allowing approach to the objects of sound and other sense perceptions, and providing for the proper functioning of all, the, of all other senses. Purport. We can, we can, excuse me, starting. <clears throat> we can perceive the action of the air when the branches of a tree move, or when dry leaves on the ground collect together. <clears throat> Similarly, it is only by the action of air. Hare Krishna, Bhakti I'm just in the middle yes. of a re I'm just in the middle of a reading. Oh, you're reading already. Yeah, it's seven thirty six. Okay. It's seven thirty six over here. Oh, I didn't know that. I will call okay, you. I'll, you I'll call you back sorry. as soon as we're finished. Haribo. <laughs> that was Vaishnava my best friend. I'm editing his book, and so he wants to uh, hear more. Purport. We can perceive the action of the air when the branches of a tree move or when dry leaves on the ground collect together. Similarly, it is only by the action of the air that a body moves. And when the air circulation is impeded, many diseases result. Paralysis, nervous breakdowns, madness, and many other diseases are actually due to an insufficient circulation of air. In the Ayurvedic system, these diseases are treated on the basis of air circulation. If from the beginning one takes care of the process of air circulation, such diseases cannot take place. From the Ayurveda 
as well as from the Srimad Bhagavatam, it is clear that so many activities are going on internally and externally because of air alone. And as soon as there is some deficiency in the air circulation, these activities cannot take place. Here it is, here it is clearly stated. Netretvam dravya shabdayo Our sense of proprietorship over action is also due to the activity of the air. If the air circulation is stifled, we cannot approach a place after hearing. If someone calls us, we hear the sound because of the air circulation. And we approach that sound or the place from which the sound comes. It is clearly said in this verse that these are, the, that, that these are all movements of the air. The ability to, to detect odors is also due to the action of the air. Text 38 By interactions of the air and the sensations of touch, one receives different forms according to destiny. By evolution of such forms, there is fire and the eye sees different forms in color. Purport Because of destiny, the touch sensation, the interactions of air, and the situation of the mind, which is produced of the ethereal element, one receives a body according to his previous activities. Needless to say, a living entity transmigrates from one form to another. His form changes according to, the dest to destiny and by the arrangement of a superior authority which controls the interaction of air and the mental situation. Form is the combination of different types of sense perception. Predestined activities are the plans of the mental situation and the interaction of air. Text 39 My dear mother, the characteristics of form are understood by dimension, quality, and individuality. The form of fire is appreciated by its effulgence. Purport Every form that we appreciate has a particular dimension has its particular dimensions and characteristics. The quality of a particular object is appreciated by its utility. <clears throat> but the form of sound is independent. Forms which are invisible can be understood only by touch. That is the independent appreciation of invisible form. Visible forms are understood by analytical study of their constitution. The constitution of a certain object is appreciated by its internal action. For example, the form of salt is appreciated by the interaction of salty tastes, and the form of sugar is appreciated by the interaction of sweet tastes. Tastes and qualitative constitution are the basic principles in understanding the form of an object. Text 40 
fire is appreciated by its light and by its ability to cook, to digest, to destroy cold, to evaporate, and to give rise to hunger, thirst, eating, and drinking. Purport. The first symptoms of fire are distribution of light and heat, and the existence of fire is also perceived in the stomach. Without fire, we cannot digest what we eat. Without digestion, there is no hunger and thirst or power to eat and drink. When there is insufficient hunger and thirst, it is understood that there is a shortage of fire within the stomach and the Ayurvedic treatment is performed in connection with the fire element, Agni Mandyam. Since fire is increased by the secretion of bile, the treatment is to increase bile secretion. The Ayurvedic treatment thus corroborates the statements in Srimad Bhagavatam. The characteristic of fire in subduing the influence of cold, the characteristic of fire in subduing the influence of cold is known to everyone. Severe cold can, also, can always be counteracted by fire. Text 41 By the interaction of fire and the visual sensation, the subtle element taste evolves under a superior arrangement. From taste, water is produced and the tongue which perceives taste, is also manifested. Purport <clears throat> the, the tongue is described here as the instrument for acquiring knowledge of taste. Because taste is a product of water, there is all, always saliva on the tongue. Text 45 42. So common sense, truth. Huh? Text 42. <clears throat> Although originally one, taste becomes manifold as astringent, sweet, bitter, pungent, sour, and salty due to contact with, different, with other substances. Text 43. The characteristics of water are exhibited by its moistening other substances, coagulating various mixtures, causing satisfaction, maintaining life, softening things, deriving, driving away heat, incessantly supplying itself to reservoirs of water, and refreshing by slacking thirst, slaking thirst. Purport. Starvation can be mitigated by drinking water. It is sometimes found that if a person who has taken a vow to fast takes a little water at intervals, the exhaustion of fasting is at once mitigated. In the Vedas it is also stated, apomaya prana, life depends on water. With water, Anything can be moistened or dampened. Flour dough can be prepared with a mixture of water. Mud is made by mixing earth with water. As stated in the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam, water is the cementing ingredient 
of different material elements. If we build a house, water is actually the con constituent in making the bricks, fire, making the bricks. Fire, water, and air are the exchanging elements for the entire material manifestation. But water is most prominent. Also, excessive heat can be reduced simply by pouring water on the heated field. Text 44 Due to the interaction of water with the taste perception, the subtle element odor evolves under superior arrangement. Thence the earth and the olfactory sense by which we can variously experience the aroma of the earth become manifest. Text 45 Odor, although one, becomes many as mixed as mixed, offensive, fragrant, mild, strong, acidic, and so on, according to the proportions of associated substances. I'll read this one again. Very, very interesting. Odor, although one, becomes many, as mixed, offensive, fragrant, mild, strong, acidic, and so on, according to the proportions of associated substances. Purport. Mixed smell is sometimes perceived in foodstuffs prepared from various ingredients, such as vegetables mixed with different kinds of spices and asafoetida. Bad odors are perceived in filthy places. Good smells are perceived from camphor, menthol, and similar other products. Pungent smells are perceived from garlic and onions, and acidic smells are perceived from turmeric and similar sour substances. The original aroma is the odor emanating from the earth, and when it is mixed with different substances, this odor appears in different ways. Text 46 The characteristics of the functions of earth can be perceived by modeling forms of the Supreme Brahman, by constructing places of residence, by preparing pots to, carry, to contain water, and so on. In other words, the earth is the place of subsistence for all elements. In other words, the earth is the place of sustenance for all elements. Purport. Different elements, such as sound, sky, air, fire, and water, can be perceived in the earth. Another feature of the earth, especially mentioned here, is that earth can manifest different forms of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. By this statement of Kapila's, it is confirmed that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Brahman, has innumerable forms which are described in the scriptures by manipulation of earth and its products such as stone, wood and jewels these forms of the Supreme Lord can be present before our eyes when a form of Lord Krishna or, or Lord Vishnu is manifested by presentation of a statue made of earth it is not imaginary 
the earth gives shape to the Lord's forms as described in the scriptures. In the Brahma Sangita, there is, a, there is description of Lord Krishna's lands, the variegatedness of the spiritual abode, and the forms of the Lord playing a flute with his spiritual body. All these forms are described in the scriptures, and when they are thus presented, they become worshipable. They are not imaginary, as the Mayavad philosophy says. Sometimes the word bhavana is misinterpreted as imagination. But bhavana does not mean imagination. It means giving actual shape to the description of Vedic literature. Earth is the ultimate transformation of all living entities and their respective modes of material nature. Text 47 The sense whose object of perception is sound is called the auditory sense. And that which and that whose object of perception is touch is called the tactile sense. Purport. Sound is one of the qualifications of the sky and it is the subject matter for hearing. Similarly, touch is the qualification of the air and is the subject of the touch sensation. Text 48. The sense whose object of perception is form, the distinctive characteristic of fire, is the sense of sight. The sense whose object of perception is taste, the distinctive characteristic of water, is known as the sense of taste. Finally, the sense whose object of perception is odor, the distinctive characteristics of earth, is called the sense of smell. Text 49 Since the cause exists in the effect as well, the characteristics of the former are observed in the latter. That is why the peculiarities of all the elements exist in the earth alone. Purport Sound is the cause of the sky. Sky is the cause of the air. Air is the cause of fire. Fire is the cause of water. And water is the cause of earth. In the sky, there is only sound. In the air, there, is, there are sound and touch. In the fire, there are sound, touch, and form. In water, there are sound, touch, form, and taste. And in the earth, there are sound, touch, form, taste, and smell. Therefore, earth is the reservoir of all the qualities of the other elements. Earth is the sum total of all other elements. The earth has five qualities of the elements. Earth has four qualities. Fire has three. Air has two. And the sky has only one quality, sound. Text 50. When all these elements were mixed, when all these elements were unmixed, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the origin of creation, along with time, work, and the qualities of the modes of material nature, entered into the universe 
with the total material energy in seven divisions. Purport. After stating the generation of the causes, Kapila Dev speaks about the generation of the effects. At that time, when the causes were unmixed, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, in his feature of Garbhodakashayi Vishnu, entered within each universe. Accompanying him were all of the seven primary elements, the five material elements, the total energy, Mahatattva, and the false ego. This entrance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead involves his entering even the atoms of the material world. This is confirmed in the Brahma Sanghita, 535. He is not only within the universe, but within the atoms also. He is within the heart of every living entity. Garbhadakashai Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, entered into everything. Text 51. From these seven principles, roused into activity and united by the presence of the Lord, an unintelligent egg arose, from which appeared the celebrated cosmic being. Purport In sex life, the combination of matter from the parents, which involves emulsification and secretion, creates the situation whereby a soul is received within matter and the combination of matter gradually develops into a complete body. The same principle exists in the universal creation. The ingredients were present, but only when the Lord entered into the material elements was matter actually agitated. That is the cause of creation. We can see this in our ordinary experience. Although we may have clay, water and fire, the elements take the shape of a brick only when we labor to combine them. Without the living energy, there is no possibility that matter can take shape. Similarly, this material world does not develop unless agitated by the Supreme Lord as the Virat Purusha. Yasmad utistad asau virat. Yasmad udatistad asau virat. By his agitation, space was created and the universal form of the Lord was manifested therein. Text 52. This universal egg, or the universe in the shape of an egg, is called the manifestation of material energy. Its layers of water, air, fire, sky, ego, and mahatattva, its layers of water, air, fire, sky, ego, and mahatattva increase in thickness one after another. Each layer is ten times bigger than the previous one, and the final outside layer is covered by Pradhan. Within this egg is the universal form of the Lord, Hari, whose of whose body the fourteen planetary systems 
our parts. Purport. This universe, or the universal sky, which we can visualize with its innumerable planets, is shaped just like an egg. As an egg is covered by a shell, the universe is also covered by various layers. The first layer is water, the next fire, then air, then sky, and ultimate and the ultimate holding crust is Pradhan. Within this egg-like universe is the universal form of the Lord, as the Virat Purusha. All the different planetary situations are parts of his body. This is already explained in the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam, second canto. The planetary systems are considered to form different bodily parts of that universal form of the Lord. Persons who cannot directly engage in the worship of the transcendental form of the Lord are advised to think of and worship this universal form. The lowest planetary system, Patala, is considered to be the soul of the Supreme Lord. That soul is S-O-L-E, the bottom of the feet. The lowest planetary system, Patala, is considered to be the soul of the Supreme Lord, and the earth is considered to be the belly of the Lord. Brahmaloka, or the highest planetary system, where Brahma lives, is considered to be the head of the Lord. This Virat Purusha is considered an incarnation of the Lord. The original form of the Lord is Krishna, as confirmed in Brahma Sanghita, Adi Purusha. The Virat Purusha is also Purusha, but he is not Adi Purusha. The Adi Purusha is Krishna, Ishwarak Paramak Krishna, Satchitananda Bigraha, Anadir Adir Govinda. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is also accepted as the Adi Purusha, the original. Krishna says, No one is greater than I. There are innumerable expansions of the Lord, and all of them are Purushas, or enjoyers. But neither the Virat Purusha nor the Purusha avatars, Karnadakashai Vishnu, Garbhadakashai Vishnu, and Shirodakashai Vishnu, nor any of the many other expansions is the original. In each universe, there are Garbhadakashai Vishnu, the Virat Purusha, and Shirodakashai Vishnu. The active manifestation of the Virat Purusha is described here. Persons who are in the lower grade of understanding regarding the Supreme Personality of Godhead may think of the universal form of the Lord, for that is advised in the Bhagavatam. The dimensions of the universe are estimated hmm. the dimensions of the universe are estimated here. The outer covering is made of layers of water, air, fire, sky, ego, and mahatattva. And each layer is ten times greater than the one before previous. The space between the hollow of the universe cannot be measured by any human scientist or anyone else. And beyond the hollow, there are seven coverings, each one ten times greater than the one preceding it. The layer of water 
is ten times greater than the one preceding it. The layer of water is ten times greater than the diameter of the universe. And the layer of fire is ten times greater than that of water. Similarly, the layer of air is ten times greater than that of fire. These dimensions are all inconceivable to the tiny brain of the human being. It is also stated that this description is of only one egg-like universe. There are innumerable universes besides this one, and some of them are, some of them are many, many times greater. It is considered, in fact, that this universe is the smallest. Therefore, the predominating superintendent of, or Brahma has only four heads for management. In other universes, which are far greater than this one, Brahma has more heads. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is stated that all these Brahmas were called one day by Lord Krishna on the inquiry of the small Brahma, who, after seeing all the larger Brahmas, was thunderstruck. That is the inconceivable potency of the Lord. No one can measure the length and breadth of God by specula speculation or by false identification with God. These attempts are symptoms of lunacy. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. What a purport. Okay, we're going to stop our reading here. It's after 8 o'clock, 8.03 to be exact. And we will come back tomorrow and start with text 53. And in the meantime, we will wait for the uh, reflections of the assembled devotees about what they just heard. What you heard, and you heard a lot. There's a lot of stuff in here to talk about. Okay. Hare Krishna. First is from Sudevi Dasi. Yes, Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Well, Hare Krishna to you. This is from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. And from Bhakti Noel. Yes, Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. It was interesting to hear about the science of the ethereal element. Would it be hearing you read these transcendental texts, the transfer of ethereal to material elements, so we can absorb it through our senses? So i read that one more time. Would it be hearing you read these transcendental texts, the transfer of ethereal to material elements, so we can absorb it through our senses? Is that why each word and syllable pours out a flood of prema, because each word is the transfer of Krishna's mercy? This is yes, but it's, it's not like that. The, trans the sound of the Bhagavatam is beyond the ether. The sound of the Bhagavatam is transcendental sound. It's proceeding from the spiritual world, as is the holy name of Krishna. So they have nothing to do with these with this material creation that we're hearing from hearing about now. 
still, still, it's a fact that it comes through the vibration of our tongue and into our ear. So, if you want to understand that more deeply, you please read the 87th chapter of the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, which, is, which is the prayers by the personified Vedas. And they explain this very nicely. And I'm going to give you just a, just a very, very uh, succinct uh, description of the first thing that they say. But if you want to understand this topic more com comprehensively and deeply, then you can read that chapter. Chapter 87 of the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. And there in the beginning, the personified Vedas explain that because the, the universe was created with two purposes, one is to give the place for the conditioned souls to try to enjoy and control and own the material energy, and another is to give an opportunity for the soul to become released from the influence of the material nature. So for this reason, the Vedic sound is coming through, it seems to be coming through the material elements. But it is not one of the material elements. It is Shabda Brahma. It is transcendental to the modes of material nature. It comes directly from the spiritual sky. And therefore the Vedas and the Bhagavatam especially uh, are eternal. They're never created. They're, they're co-eternal with Krishna. You can say that they come from Krishna, but even Krishna doesn't claim authorship of the Vedas. He claims Vedanta Vedantakrit Vedavit Evachaham in the uh, 10th canto of the, of the Bhagavad Gita. I mean, sorry, 15th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, 15th verse. There Krishna says, Vedantakrit Vedavit Evachaham. He is the compiler of the Vedanta Sutra, which means Vedavyas. Vedavyas is a literary incarnation of Krishna, and he wrote the Vedanta Sutra, the Mahabharata. And he also brought the Srimad Bhagavatam into the material sphere by his meditation. So, but he, but he never says, Krishna never says that he's the author of the Vedas because the, the Vedas are eternal, like he is. To understand that, one must have purified intelligence. We get that purified intelligence by hearing for a long time and very seriously from the proper source, the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the essence of all the nigama or uh, Shruti, Vedic literatures. Hare Krishna. From Anandamurti Devidasa. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all the assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. 
Dear Maharaj, today I found how my brain is tiny to understand all these descriptions. <laughs> Thank you so much for today's readings. I thought all these material elements are perfectly arranged by the Supreme Lord. I feel grateful to the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna who maintains everything, including my life and elements, which is so tiny, but each elements are essential and without those, his arrangements, I can't exist. All right, Krishna. Nicely put, Anandamurti. Nicely put. It's enlivening to hear uh, someone actually assimilating the Bhagavatam as we're hearing it. Thank you very much. And from Dolanitai? Yes, Dolanitai. Haribo. Dear Sri the Guru Maharaj, please accept my obeisance. Thank you for tonight's reading. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. When it says that everything emanates from sound, do we understand that original sound to be Om? Yes. But the Om is contained in the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Krishna plays his flute. That sound is the Maha Mantra and that transforms into the Om Kara and that enters into Brahma's ear and gives him Vedic knowledge. And all of the Vedas are expanded from that transcendental sound, Om, Kara. Hare Krishna. In case you didn't notice, Vaisheshika Prabhu called me in the middle of the reading, which is very unusual because he knows what time I read. I think that means he's anxious to speak to me about his book. So, with the permission of all the Vaishnavas, I'm going to stop a little early tonight, not too early, but a little early, so that I can call him and find out what he wants. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Samabeda Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai. Gaur Prem Anandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. The ever expanding creation of this universe. Hare Krishna.